Welcome to the newly cleansed and refreshed In The Game podcast, where we invite you to transform your dreams into reality. Every week, we aim to touch, move, and inspire you to new possibilities for your life. My name is Sarah Maxwell, and is it really time for me to now intro my own show? Heck no! Bring in the Aussie talent to get it done. With their groundbreaking first season as The Nat and Sarah Show, the foundation has been laid for a life of manifesting your dreams. Join us as we delve into the nuts and bolts of what it really takes to bring those dream boards into reality. It's time to dust off your dreams and get back in the game of life. Are you a member of the community? Head to Facebook and search In The Game Podcast to download your three-step journal to begin the workshop-style teachings and gain exclusive access to your hosts and featured guests. Get ready to take action on your possibility. Today, we continue the conversation with Amazon gurus Jamie Paras and Michael Fennick. These boys have come together to form the much-acclaimed and engaged network networking group, Endgame, focusing on supporting the Amazon selling community. With Jamie posting a record year of close to seven figures in 2019 selling on Amazon, and Michael having over 700 SKUs being sold in the US via Facebook and Google Shopping. If you don't know what that means, neither do I, but it just sounds good. But their brands are respected and looked up to. It hasn't always been lucrative and easy for these boys. Jamie working 14-hour days driving a truck, Michael trying his hand at many a startup in the tech space before hitting the success button. But they have discovered this world of micro brands. And if I'm honest, I don't even know. I don't have a clue. I don't even know what that word means. It's a whole new language that I'm looking forward to learning more about. So as the economy proves to challenge over these next two to five years, I mean, that's being generous, more and more people are searching for different ways to create side income. I am committed to providing alternative ways for people to earn additional money that loosens the squeeze they are under. So many people cannot even pay their rent. And you know, a lot of rent is being paid for, for them for the moment, but we know the squeeze is coming for many. And I do lean towards methods that sit outside the conventional nine to five trading time for money space. So shall we dive in boys? That was an awesome intro. Okay, there there we go. I know, I think (laughs) I've listened to a little bit of, um, Jamie, you were on with some bearded guy. Um, Uh, (laughs) And I was like, okay, (laughs) he likes the trading time for income, a trading time for money conversation as well. But Michael, but just before we press record, you said something really poignant about COVID and where we're at in terms of um, e-commerce. So can you just share with everybody what's been going on, even though we might not realize it was happening? Yeah, well, obviously, as you know, COVID lockdowns kept everybody at home. And what that did, what that done um, did was basically it changed consumer behavior and it turned people from traditionally going to stores and buying their products to having to order products online, whether it's eBay, Amazon, et cetera. So the stats that we've we've uncovered suggests that e-commerce has grown to the point that where it is today is where it's supposed to be in five years' time. And that's just huge growth. And if you're an e-commerce seller, COVID, as bad as it is, has introduced all these new people into the mix for you to put a product in front of and potentially get a sale from them. So 
it's massive growth and it's just from COVID and consumer behavior being changed. Wow. So Jamie, did you kind of forecast this? Did you know this was coming? Because I know, you know, three years ago, you really jumped into the Amazon game. So were you just one of those guys that saw it coming? No, I'll be honest. I don't think anyone saw this coming, but um, you know, it's funny how life works sometimes. And you know, um, the skill set that we teach, the skill set that people in our industry have, has become a real force now because of what Michael just talked about. And it's a really good skill to have to be able to, um, and we'll talk about it a bit more later. But being a micro brand owner and developing products and how that all works in the landscape and the different platforms that people shop on. Like Michael said, COVID just accelerated that. Did we see it coming? Like we couldn't have seen this coming, but I think just the um, the data that's behind online shopping in general pre-COVID was what got us into the game and just Amazon in particular being such a beast where, you know, consumer behavior in the US and around the all the different marketplaces that they are moving to even here in Australia is really starting to take a foothold. But being here in Australia, you um, I guess we don't have the same impact or we don't see the same impact that Amazon has in the US because it is the go-to place for anything, consumables, um, you know, all their shopping is done online. Um, and and the traffic and then add the population and it's just a real big marketplace and we've learned and um, people in our community have learned how to grab a piece of that pie and you only need a little piece of the pie to get back your time as we've talked about and how you've alluded to some of the things that you'd like to be involved in. If you can learn these skills and you only need to get a little piece of that market share in a, in a, in a certain niche and your world can change, you don't have to be tied to that nine to five and yeah look it's a hard slog it's a real business and we can go into anything details that you like but it, it really is a great opportunity for someone who's looking to um divert or you know a career um and get some time back um yes there's hard work but you can go pick your kids up from school you can go do that thing of a night time or you can you, you don't have to be tied to a job or you can go on that holiday when you want to get there takes a lot of hard work like all businesses because it's a legit business but yeah the up the upside is huge yeah and i want to ask you michael how you came into this particular space because i know I, i've known you for a long time and i know you are a startup guy you're entrepreneurial you know you you got into e-commerce in particular but what background do you have that you think has helped you in what jamie just said like this is a legit hard work business. So what have you brought that from your background that you think is helping you? I'll boil it down to one word and that's called leverage. And my definition of leverage is doing more with less effort. So everything I've done in the entrepreneurial world has been based on how can I do more with less effort? How can I impact more people with less effort? And when you think about e-commerce, it's the ultimate in leverage. There's a little bit of work early on to research and find the product, develop it, ship it over to America, and then it's stored in an Amazon warehouse, ready for sale. So your little soldiers are lined up in their little boxes, ready for somebody to buy. While I sleep, people can search for a particular keyword, my product appears, and then they can buy it, and we earn revenue. To me, 
that is much better than having a retail store where I've got to get up, open up at six o'clock. I've got all, you know, it's just leverage. And mm. that's what I've brought to e-commerce. And it's the ultimate business model for leverage. How do I do more with less effort? And e-commerce is the way. Mm. So clearly growing up, you didn't know the word leverage, right? But what is it when you were a little boy, would your parents say that there was, you wanted to do less and get more? Was that a theme in your life? Did you exemplify any of that growing up? Um, I suppose I was pretty lucky because I grew up in a really high performing family. Um, so my father was an entrepreneur and was very, very successful at his, at growing businesses and obviously, uh, you know, used that money from business and invested it into, you know, low risk, you know, property and all that type of thing. So, and then my three brothers were professional athletes. So I, I sort of, I saw how my father went about things and to me, I looked at what he was doing with his business and property and he was had it set up where he was earning money without having to do anything. And that really struck a chord with me because I thought, okay, well, I mean, this is pretty good. Like people are working, but my dad's getting money for, you know, investing in property and just investing, investing, investing. Um, so that's, I suppose, where it, it developed in me is, I've seen it done um, and, I, and, and, you know, like I said, leverage, how do I do more with less effort? But in order to succeed, you need that work ethic, which my brothers showed me being professional athletes in rugby league, training, eating well, not drinking. So those two things combined gave me this mindset where I had kind of like a good foundation to move forward and try my hand at a startup and solve problems and how do I make it efficient and then move to e-commerce. So yeah, that that's kind of like where it developed in me. I love that. Thank you for describing that linkage. Um, we did start off by talking about our kids before we press the button and you have three girls. Um, and I did tell you it was going off script. So get ready, Michael. Right now. <laughs> I knew uh, it was going to happen. <laughs> because I, you know, us with this five-year-old, we noticed that they have no idea what we do, right? So you just talked about your dad, property, and you see other kids like, oh, Joey's dad's a doctor. This is you growing up seeing somebody else's dad's a lawyer. And so your dad, did you get what your dad actually did? And I'm wondering what your girls now think you do. I did get what my dad did. Um, in fact, I used to go to work with him on school holidays um, mm -hmm. and he had over 110 employees in his business. So I knew that it was quite a big deal. Um, and and I, then I actually ended up working for dad. And he, you know, back in the, the day, early 90s when I was at school, he used to pay very well, just quietly. So <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd turn up every, I'd say, do you need any more help, dad? And he'd go, yeah, come along. And I'd just be waiting for that, you know, 50 or $100 note back then, which was huge. But um, but yeah, in terms of where my kids are at, yeah, they, they do know, um, I suppose, what I do. And I involve them as much as possible in terms of what we do with Amazon. And I'm... I have these conversations an and I don't. Give sorry. me an example of how you involve them. I'm curious about this. Um, for example, I get them, to, especially my younger daughter, I'll go, Zoe, go and check sales. Her name's Zoe. So she'll go to Amazon and then refresh and then she'll see like another three sales popping. She goes, no way, dad, you've done 24 sales today. And I said, and I say to her, what did I need to do to get that? And you said, well, you've just been mucking around with me. And I said, see, you've got to work out how you can get things to work for you in life. And mm. look, I don't know whether it's sinking in, but I, I think it may. And then my mm. older daughters, they're 13 and 15, same thing. 
I say to them, look, you can work or you can set up at this young age a product that can potentially start getting sales and get a feel for it. And you might be able to work from anywhere in the world. So yeah, but mm. it depends. At the I end of the day, I, I support like that. You, I, we need to start talking a bit more about that because there is a whole new commerce that didn't exist when we were growing up and yep. how you explain that to the kids, how you make something potentially a bit intangible, mm. tangible, because there yep. is a product, like you said, that went to the warehouse and the little soldiers are being sold and just being able to have the kids understand that it's not because dad doesn't do anything. Mm. It's because dad set it up and he worked his bum off and he got through all those tang- entanglements in order to get to that place where now you're playing and things are being sold. So I think um, so I went off script there, but I do personally think it's really That's interesting cool. for us who have families um, because we care about what our kids do in their future and, and, and the messages that we're sending out. So Jamie, yeah. on that note, if you, talk to me a little bit about moving from truck. Now, I don't know that you're a truck driver, but you know, in a trucking business early on, to what you're doing now and making that kind of transition where you used to get paid for the hours that you were on the road or whatever to what you're doing now. So tell me a little bit about that transition for you. Yeah. So um, I have four teenagers as well, so I can definitely relate to what Michael was saying and you, and you're saying, Sarah, Um, I guess for me um, now looking back and it's only like three, three and a half years ago, but when I reflect on, my journey up until this point and, and meeting Michael and, and starting this, this gig, it's been very much a journey of self-reflection and awareness. Um, I know that's pretty blase to say that, but it's true for me. Um, you can get caught into that matrix of that nine to five and that's what you do and you don't know anything else. For me, my upbringing was totally different than Michael. My father and mother were just very hard workers and I was just told you have to work your butt off every hour of the day to get ahead. Mm. So I was, I was taught the opposite um, to get somewhere. You need to be there on the grindstone. Um, and that took real inner reflection for me to learn on my own. Cause I wasn't taught that. So um, I guess moving through 2015, 16, and then into 17, I, um, level of awareness raise and and start thinking there's got to be something better than this i'm not supposed to be as a human doing these things when i could be missing that time with the kids at the beach with my wife in summer because i had to drive our truck like Mm -hmm. that that didn't compute to me monday to friday like who created that like i asked bigger questions why is there saturday and sunday and they're our days off why is everyone, yay, it's Friday. Mm. That didn't make sense to me. So I asked bigger questions of myself, um, humanity, how we've been programmed, I guess, if you want to call it that. So it's been a, a personal inner reflection journey for me and I've just been using my um education and self-reflection and work on myself to and 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 um the signs of where to to move next so i know that's a pretty deep answer but that's i want that 
I like that, by the way. And what came first, Amazon as an opportunity or actually I'm starting to see life differently? Like mm. what what came first in your view? Um, it was life and opportunity. Um, Amazon just made sense as a business model and ticked the boxes of what I thought I could um, get done to fulfill what I thought I, I should be able to do in my life with my family, kids, time, money. So the business model ticked the boxes like many of the people in our community. Um, then you got to flick the switch and it's what Michael talked about. Then it's how you do everything is how you do everything. Saying you want to have an Amazon business and I want to do seven figures or I want to do six figures a month, that's very easy to speak. But to actually do it, takes a special type of person with grit, determination and willpower and all that drive. Because if you're not um, obsessed with the outcome that you want to achieve, you could probably talk the same with, with athletes and the things that Michael talked about and, and people that you, you, you surround yourself with too, Sarah, that the obsession in your goals gets you there. Mm, I like that. Well, you, you know, you, you went deep. Let's go deep. Okay, Jamie. So you have this grindstone work hard ethic in you, right? Mm. From an early age. And yet you want to spend more time with your kids. You want more balance, but now you're obsessed with your outcomes. I get this Mm -hmm. one too. How do you hold both of those things at the same time? That's what I need to now focus on. So that's been my personal challenges that I deal with now daily um, because it's the most, it's the question that any entrepreneur with success, I feel I've never been answered in the correct right or wrong way. Would you have got there if you didn't sacrifice X, Y, Z? And I don't want to leave carnage behind kids, wife, everything for achieving my goals. Um, So would you have got there if you did it or not? Because if you did those things and had the balance, would it have still gone your way? Because I think when you see people have got some real, real success and success is different for everybody, but some real success and meeting their goals, they've left carnage and I don't want to do that. This is a really good question. I have some ideas, but I may not say them right now. Not yet. Um, Just to have people know that when we press the off button, more happens. Um, (laughs) But thank you for being so honest. I really appreciate that. I mean, who can't relate to what you just said? I mean, anyone who's really gone for something can relate, I think, to that like push pull, Mm. you know, even whether it's the kids seeing it and like, Yeah. And when we're getting out of the nine to five experience or when we travel all the time, we can't be near them. So we've, we're running from one problem, but we're in another challenge, Mm. which you've identified. So hold that because we, you know, we're totally off script now, Michael, you must be just, we, you know, reeling now, but I'll take it a little bit more off. I'll take a little bit more off script now, but oh. it's it's relatable. But Jamie, Jamie and I have spoken about this at length and we have a term called sharpening the axe because him and I are very driven. Um, you know, sometimes I get up at, you know, Jamie and I get up at two in the morning because we've got a busy day and we just have to get up at two in the morning to fit stuff in. 
you know, we got a bit a little bit earlier, but we have a term that, um, you know, if you want to chop a tree down, you got a sharp axe. As you're chopping, it's going to get a little bit blunt. So don't be afraid to stop and sharpen the axe and then you'll get through it. And sharpening the axe could be hanging with the kids, going to the beach, getting away from the computer screen or whatever it may be. But when you're driven, it's really hard to, to get that because it's like, no, oh, I'm looking at that's my vision. And like, yeah, that's the balance. That's the important that, thing. By the way, sharp. It's funny. We have an, I have an analogy in what I do about the axe as well. And, and just that people wield the axe. And this is actually going to lead into my next question. So it is on par, but people wield the axe with different amounts of force. And that can depend on what they come with, meaning what kind of stamina. Some people wield the axe the wrong way. And they keep banging up against a tree without the sharp part, you know, the opposite mm -hmm. end and wondering why it doesn't work. So I guess my question, Michael, is what do you think is the difference between someone who's successful selling at, a, I'll call it an Amazon seller. Is that the word? How do we call it? What do we, what's the lingo there? Uh, yeah, an Amazon yeah. seller. Yeah, e-commerce yeah, e yeah. yep. e or an Amazon seller and someone who bombs out. What's the difference you reckon? Uh, there's two, there's two key things for me. It's, um, product choice and work ethic. Now, Jamie and myself, we're, we've experienced some success on Amazon. And the only difference between us two and someone who's bombed out is their product choice. Hmm. Um, Jamie and I have a group of private students and stuff, and we teach what we've learned and we've seen people come to us, not in our student group, who say, look, you know, we're struggling with this product. It's not selling. And we talk, talk through the basics of the product. And I'll give you a quick example, a simple example, and you'll get it. They buy a product from China for $10. They ship it over to, to Amazon in a warehouse with shipping. Let's say it costs plus fees of selling on Amazon. Let's say it's 20 bucks. Their competitors are selling their products on Amazon for 18 so they've neglected the pro the the products or um, the profit side of things, mm. right? So and, and and why it's a product choice and the numbers behind it. They're not they're guessing and they're not doing the data and research. Mm. Secondly, the second part of it is work ethic, because when you bomb out on a product, let's say your first product, two things are going to happen. You're going to give up or you're going to go no, I'll reset. I'm determined. I'll start again. Mm. And that's the difference between someone selling successfully and not is the product choice and their work ethic. If you want it, you'll get it. And, and I'll add to that, Michael, because I agree with everything you just said to the T that um, I, I don't think people, because I think as humans, we've got, we've got, um, you know, the way we're brought up, the way you talked about it before, Sarah, is is one thing. But I think if I want to be successful at this and I don't know en enough about it, I am the type of person that will hunt down the best person who is at it and I'll do whatever it takes to learn off them. Mm. Because if you're entering a new career or a new space, it, it's there's a lot of noise and you can not know which way. Should I listen to that guy? Should I listen to this girl? Should I listen to that strategy? Should I do that? Like there's so much stuff. People are afraid to invest in themselves, I think. But then they see the shiny object and say, yeah, well, I want to get there. And I understand that, you know, 
there's a lot of shiny objects out there, but there's people who are successful at anything that you are looking to do in your life. I think looking at people who, that you want to emulate and learning everything you can off them is, is a sure way to, to well, that's what I've done. I, I, when I got into this space, I actually pinpointed the people who were successful in this industry and I made it my absolute business to be in their networks. Did you do that to all of them or did you have a small number? Small number, but there was like half a dozen, so six people. Six. I made it my business to be in, in their circle. Because, Jamie, what I've found in the business that I'm in where this it's there's a lot of information there's a lot of people you can follow um, and listen to some people get involved with listening to everyone meaning an array of 20 people and it seems like they're in this state of confusion and then no action so what do you think is the secret to mentorship you know that kind of um, learning from others and actually being able to implement because I've noticed people get completely paralyzed because they're following too many people yeah we call it analysis paralysis yeah yeah look it's true we we know people like that um we work with people like that and it's hard we try to get people back on the straight and narrow i'm i guess i'm lucky that i can't take on too many angles and when i feel that that's right and that resonates with me and that person what they're doing me and michael are really good intuitive like that like yeah i heard that person i don't really agree with all that or look at that that was next level what they do let's just do that and then just everything gets out the way and we just do that Mm. because it worked because i think if you don't get any runs on the board it can hurt you more than anything um in this game Mm. early wins is a big thing but early wins in the right way is a totally different thing yeah because an early win in this game could be just, okay, I picked a product and it could be a disaster waiting to happen. And so early wins is actually getting onto something that has potential in, in with the right advice. So what I'm getting, you know, Michael, you said about mindset, right? Mindset has many different aspects to it. You know, it's like, do you get up when something doesn't work? Do you, do you try again? Um, you know, the mindset of I follow so many people that I, I'm paralyzed. I don't act at all. Um, so I wanted to ask you about the end game network and what do you believe has allowed it to have created so much engagement? You know, it's kind of known for people are like, they're invested in it. They're participating. Like they're right there. What do you believe has allowed that in kind of engagement? So Jamie and I, um, probably back in February, I think, Jamie, um, we had a bit of a chat and said, look, there's an opportunity here to give Australia and, you know, Australasians, Australia and New Zealand something that they've never had before. Mm. And, and the conversation sort of went something like this. Um, let's create a group and our mission is to just give next level value and help as many people as possible without expecting anything in return. And from there, everything we do, every post we do, every post we let into the group, everything we organize for the group, we even do free um, Zoom calls every fortnight where we, we, we invite, you know, ex-Facebook executives and, you know, 
people who have had, you know, hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars in exits in business just to inspire people. And it's just giving, giving, giving. We have a saying that um, the tide raises all boats and that's what our intention was, is yeah. to help everybody. And I suppose, and Jamie, feel free to chime in, but I suppose because we gave so much value and helped so many people just from our heart, everybody really appreciated the, the Zoom calls and the next level learnings, the gold nuggets. And it was a place, I had a discussion with a, a member of our group and she said to me, the link I have on my computer for Facebook takes me directly to the Endgame network. I don't want to see my friend's feed. I want to see the network um, feed, cool. which is powerful. So is. we give value to the point where people are kind of hooked on it. And, you know, I'll, and I'll just add to that. I think that through our, you know, three years or whatever it has been experienced with, with the high level operators that we are, I guess, um, with, but we've also seen along the journey a lot of pain from people. And so we just said we need to end that and just give the right information, have the right people come on, let people decide for themselves, expect nothing in return, and just give the right next level information for free. And what does the word, Jamie, what is the word end game? What's that about? What did you mean when you called your network that? Well, I guess in this business, you know, um, people have got a number of plans, but e-com businesses, Amazon businesses, they're, they're actually quite lucrative at exits. So there's a lot of people in corporate America who are looking to get out of the nine to five, but don't want to build the whole thing from scratch. They just want to come in, see an established brand with a portfolio of products, um, pay for that business, pay for the inventory that's there. Um, you get a two and a half, three year profit multiple. So you can quite, you can grow as a business quite substantially. And there is a thirst at the moment, especially from COVID, people uncertain about their jobs for e-com businesses. So the end game name was derived around that getting to your end game in this business and, and your goals, reaching your goals. And then, you know, just the network being there together for each other. So um, got it. Yeah. So talk to me about goals for you, Jamie, because I know they're obsessive ones. Um, talk to me about goal setting in this space of like, because what I get from you without knowing you that well yet is there's like all this success, all these things you've always believed in, they're starting to happen, right? So when you're in that space, how do you set goals? For me now, it's quite simple. Um, my level of awareness and guidance with Mick um, has now become how many people we can impact. Mm. It's pretty simple. My goals are derived around how many people we can impact. Amazing things are coming to us. We allow things to come to us from wherever you want to call it. And great things are happening because we lead from that perspective and for me, goals now is how far can I take myself as a human in this game to impact as many people as we can. So inside of that, I'm getting that you may have in the past had financial goals, but now they're impact and people goals. Is that a little bit what you're saying? Yeah, because I'm a very firm believer, and you've probably heard this cliche a million times before, but if you're not happy now with no money, when you get the money, you're still not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. and in That's a very, very short transition of time, I can see that. 
I've got four teenagers. It doesn't mean if I get $10 million tomorrow that I'm still not going to have that argument with my son that I don't want to have, or we're still going to have those emotional issues in the household. Mm -hmm. If you cannot be happy now, it doesn't matter what goals you got. You're not going to be happy. Yeah, there's a good quote. There's no happy end to an unhappy journey since you're in the end game. And I, I love that because it really is about who we're being today and the different, like what I'm also noticing is how we shift from almost this kind of survival mode, you know, when finances are so squeezed, there's a sense of survival. It's very hard to move into contribution, mm. you know, impact because you're, you're kind of in that visceral survival state. And I hear from you and I'm sure Michael as well, that, that sense of, okay, now what can we do for other people? It's very hard to do that when you're in survival mode. That's what I call the transition. You have to be in beast mode. Beast mode. You're awesome. you, yeah. You have to be in beast mode to get to your first transition as an entrepreneur from breaking the matrix. It's a real funny chasm that you go through from nine to five to um, free every day. It's crazy. Okay, Michael, actually, I think you have something you wanted to say off the tail. Did you? Or do you, can I ask you? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. So off the end of what Jamie just said, you know, you move into contribution. Am I assuming that you are also, is that right? How do you set goals at this? I don't want to assume that you're the same um, as Jamie. More, yeah, it's it's pretty funny, actually, because um, in terms of goal setting, I'm not the guy who has the piece of paper with all my goals written down and laminate them. I'm not that guy. I think I'm the guy that there's a space in my brain that has all my visions and that's where my goals are placed. But many years ago, so I've come from, I mean, I was pretty close to turning professional in golf and um, I didn't because I wasn't good enough, which I'm cool with. Um, But golf taught me that, life is such a mental game Mm. and um i suppose just all the books that i've read on in terms of goal setting um i've just lost my train of thought actually where i was going to go with this um well your goals and it'll come back to me yeah Yeah. but yeah i was i was going to take it somewhere golf taught you about your life (laughs) yeah it didn't teach me about memory but anyway no (laughs) um where was i going to go with this yeah anyway it'll come back to me carry on Okay, well, on that, don't worry about even, I have a really good book to recommend for you, um, The Magician's Way. Do you know it? No, no, oh, no. There you go. That's for every listener. Actually, I remembered what I was going to say. Okay, go. See? Cut a long story short. Okay. Go. I was very determined. There's lots of things I wanted to do. And I actually, one moment, it hit me like a, a ton of bricks. And my true goal actually came to the surface. Mm. And it was really simple. I just want to help people. Mm. That was my high-level goal. Mm. Whether it was a tech startup that solved a problem for the media, it was helping people, you know, teaching e-commerce, helping people, whatever the case may be. That's, that's I suppose, my level of goal setting was it's big and it's just about helping people and whatever's underneath that, I'll just do and it will help people. Mm. Yeah, I hear both of your end game. It's no surprise that you've created the network. I mean... You could have just yes. stayed in your product, you know, you're like brands and like just been in that space, but you couldn't help it. You've found each other and now you've come together yeah. in this sense of oh, we really want to impact other people and 
potentially allow them to find their end game. What is it that really matters mm. to them? Mm. Simon Sinek's why, like why do they do what they do yeah. kind of stuff. Mm. Um, my last question for you guys is what is it like working together versus doing this alone? So why is there value for you both teaming up together and doing this together? And I don't know who's going to answer first. Let's see. You can go first, Mick. Um, <laughs> it's such a it's such a a great question. Um, I hope you're not I'll having a fight for... right now. Or this no, won't be no, a no, question. <laughs> uh, Jamie's all you know, he's like a brother to me. Um, Jamie and I are so similar in our values, our work ethic, what we want people to achieve, and the greater good and I suppose when you're on that same level and you're both paddling in the same direction, it was it was inevitable that when we came together that magic was going to happen. And, and that's basically what happened. We we had a phone call and Jamie and I connected through our various networks in the e-com game and uh, we got on really well and we had a conversation, said, look, let's start a group. Let's go next level. And that's kind of our little saying, like, let's just take it next level. And Cut a long story short, we decided to start the group and we had our first Zoom call. I think we had something like 187 people and the fortnight after, because we delivered so much value, we got like 380. The week after, 450. We we topped out at, I think, over 700 people, 700 entrepreneurs on a Zoom call right in the middle of COVID. Cool. And it just, it was magical. It just happened seamlessly. And mm-hmm. I think, like I said, when two similar people are rowing in the same direction with the same values and the same vibration, it was whatever we were going to do was going to impact people and make a difference in their lives. I won't say successful because that's not the goal. It's about impacting people. And we have Mm. definitely done that. Love that. Okay, Jamie, you get to. Yeah, look, I I think, I mean, that, that was a really great answer and I'm not going to repeat that because I think exactly the same. I think, you know, when you have a look at people in the world, there is a million, million gazillion partnerships right? And you hear of good ones and you hear of bad ones and you hear of people turning sour and people, you know, disputes and money and all sorts of crazy stuff. And you hear of great stories as well. I just think that where me and Mick are at as individuals in our life's journey, that that flow state has not allowed any of the noise or the things that you hear about to enter because we're so connected, if you want to call it spiritually. So that won't happen because we're so aligned. Love it. That, that's it. Flow state. And we've heard this before, but there's been plenty of times, and I don't know if we're connected in some way, Jamie, but um, there's <laughs> been plenty of times where, it, and this happens a lot, and mm. I'm not just, it's not once a blue moon, but we'll actually send each other the same message at the same time. Yeah. Now I know we've all heard that before, but it's uncanny how many times it happens. Like I might say, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this in the group. What do you reckon? And then boom, in comes his message. And it's the same thing. Mm. And it's like, we just crack up. Yeah. yeah, It's It's funny. I don't know what it is. It's just, I suppose at the end of the day, it's the universe said, listen, you two need to come together to help a group of people. And that's, that's kind of what it feels like. That's, that's it. And look, I'm a big fan of partnerships. I was a beach volleyball player. So we, understood the value of a good partnership that's aligned. Um, and it's not always aligned. It's it's also how you get back on track, how you talk about things. But I really believe that we can do more 
together when we're aligned. So that's sort of the caveat, you know, mm. it's not mm. two people together that are misaligned, I think actually do less, <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, you both are approved. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. What, one thing Jamie and I do, and we do it all the time is we go by feel mm. like, and we might be working on a particular thing and, and one of us will say, look, I'm not feeling it. And we just let it go. Yeah, straight away. And and the conversation, come back. And then we will have the conversations go, yeah, I'm, this, this feels good. Like it, it's like we're tapping into something greater than us that's giving us the indication to say, yeah, you're on the right track. And All that, same, that same power is giving us the indication that, no, you're not, you're looking in the wrong spot. And we get, and we work on that. Well, we work off those intuitive feelings if, if that makes sense i know that's getting deep but that's honestly how we operate this but every decision we make is based on how does it feel and it's just been magical because it's um yeah it's been just working beautifully the magic decisions happen when we both go that's it okay well the well, magicians the magician's yeah. way you got to read it because it's the premise of golf um will okay. demonstrate what you both are talking about having two men and maybe that's prejudice thinking it isn't men, but having two men speak like this um, is really exciting. I think it's beautiful. And what I love is that your results, like what you've manifested is the proof. Mm. You know, the power of alignment is when you said those people coming on, how it was doubling, doubling, doubling. And, and to me, that's how the proof that manifestation or the law of attraction is actually a living, breathing thing. Um, so, who wants to say one more thing? I think there's more to say, Jamie. You want to say one more thing? Oh, geez, we could talk for hours, oh, Sarah. I, I'm a bit of a talker, so I, I won't do <laughs> oh, that. Oh, is this dangerous? Yeah, okay, yeah, but no, Jamie, one more thing. Oh, look, I just want to say thanks for to to bringing us on. And um, yeah, if there's anyone out there who you know resonates with our message, feel free to uh, jump in our Facebook community. We're open source learning. There's no affiliation with anyone. We we just say it how it is and, and and we talk with anyone and anyone we keep we keep it safe for people to learn very cool yeah. and in the show notes i'll uh, give people direct access yeah, to cool. these areas like you're saying and it's been i know nat's really enjoyed especially working in the space and everyone we've gotten to meet and and again alignment being able to help we all have our little slants and talents and things that we're passionate about so it's been just awesome. And thank you guys for sharing the deeper side. I love when people have the courage to share how it really is and don't act all tough, tough guy. This is the real deal. So thank you so much. Nah, awesome. My pleasure, Sarah. Thank you for having us on. Thank you. We so appreciate you listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community on Facebook by searching In The Game Podcast. There you can download your three-step journal and participate in our weekly live video chats. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So open your podcast player and click on our show from your library not the listen now that's where i was going wrong in the past so now that you know how to do it when you go there make sure you give us a five star review five stars five stars five stars and then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny 
Can I be a bit serious? So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review.